At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui here, from, here with you from Upper Hand Fantasy. Let's get it popping on a Friday. We're going to go over every fantasy-relevant player going into Week 10. I did go over the first seven matchups in the previous episode, so feel free to listen to that one after you listen to this one, where I'll be going over the next seven matchups in this week's slate. Um, going to go over every fantasy-relevant player, going to go over matchups, going to go over usage, going to go over all of that. Whatever you need to kind of make your decision, hopefully, to help you make your decision uh, in terms of your lineups going into week 10. Um, hope you enjoyed Thursday Night Football. That game was absolutely terrible. All right, let's move on to the first game. Lines at the Steelers. Uh, this looks like a 43.5 over under. Uh, the Steelers are favored by 9 points. Uh, Jamal Williams isn't doing much in practice. He didn't practice on Thursday. He wasn't doing much practice on Friday either. So he might not play. Uh, it just might seem like a either a bigger workload for DeAndre Swift or he just might get all the work. Now, that might not excite people after the disappointment before his bye against the Eagles in what was supposed to be a good matchup while the Eagles have been getting better. They also shut down Eckler last week too, but, uh, you know, it, it was a little disappointing for sure, but he's an RB1 regardless, Swift is. So even in a tough matchup, uh, I'm good rolling Swift out as an RB1. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is a high-end tight end one play, 11 targets, 9 targets, 11 targets over the last three weeks. No touchdowns, but they're going to come. This is a pretty neutral matchup this week against the Steelers, but they have allowed the fourth most fantasy tight ends, uh, fantasy fantasy tight ends, fantasy points to tight ends over the last four weeks. So that's good. Uh, Najee Harris, you know, really good play this week. He's been getting some serious volume lately. 22 or more carries in each of the last four games, 16 or less carries in his first four games. So I just got a notification saying that Jamal Williams is out. So DeAndre Swift time, baby. Uh, Najee did pop up on the injury report on Thursday with a, I think it was a foot injury. That's never good. You, you don't want to hear that, but he did get a full practice in on Friday. So that's great news. Um, so don't worry about it. He's going to be in my lineup. 
serious opportunity for Najee as a high-end RB1. Now, Chase Claypool has what seems like turf toe. So I think he's going to be out for a bit. He's considered week-to-week right now. So while he's out, Deontay Johnson... Well, Deontay Deontay Johnson is going to eat regardless. But he's definitely going to be eating up targets while Claypool's out. Uh, James Washington is kind of interesting in deeper leagues, but I think this kind of paves the way to Pat Fryermuth, you know, to keep a role on the offense given the lack of pass catchers they have. He's looking pretty damn good for a rookie. But yeah, Deontay is almost a must-start wide receiver too, you know, possibly making his way into wide receiver one territory at some point. Uh, but Muth is looking like a low-end tight end one for now. We'll see what happens when Eric Ebron is back and what the distribution of snaps and routes look like. Um, no word on whether Ebron will play this week, but it is possible that he he does make his way back. Ebron did get a full practice in on Friday, so it looks like he might be back. So we'll see what the splits look like between him and Pat Frymuth in the first game back. Um, all right, move on to, moving on to the Vikings at the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by 2.5 points. It's a 51.5 over under. Uh, Dalvin Cook obviously has a legal matter on his hands, but it doesn't seem to have an effect on this week. Start him as you normally would as an RB1. Um, the Chargers are a run funnel defense, meaning they are extremely susceptible to the run. They're also you know really good against defending wide receivers, so teams have just been running on them. And my guess is that will, that will be the Vikings' approach this week as well. Uh, even though it's a tough matchup, I'm still starting Justin Jefferson as a wide receiver too, a high-end wide receiver too. I'm starting Adam Thielen as like a low-end wide receiver too. Um, Thielen has a slightly better matchup on the right perimeter where he runs most of his you know perimeter routes from. So there is some silver lining here for him. Um, just temper expectations for these guys. But they'll be in, la- in my lineups, especially Jefferson, especially after his OC talking about, hey, man, we got to get him more targets. That's what I like to hear. Uh, Tyler Conklin has been solid over his past three games as like a streaming tight end, and you could potentially do it again this week. The Chargers have given up a, a, a few pretty good games to tight ends this season, so this is a pretty solid matchup for him. Uh, Kirk Cousins is streamable. If this turns into a shootout, you know, he's a bit unstable. You kind of never know what you're going to get. Matchup-wise, it's not as great, you know, as I mentioned with his wide receivers, but you never know. Like, I think he's he's always in streaming consideration, so because of the high over-under, because of his opposing quarterback, because of the points that you know the Chargers can put up, I think you can put him in despite the tough matchup on paper. Uh, I think Justin Herbert is the better play between him and Kirk Cousins. I think you know just overall better matchup for him. That they're also a pass first team, so he's solid this week. Austin Eckler is in as a high end RB one regardless of the matchup. Uh, Keenan Allen, you know, is in my lineup as a high end wide receiver too. Um, I hope you guys bought him a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it. Uh, that seems to be working out. Um, he has a good matchup this week. The Vikings are giving up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. And it's only getting worse, to be honest. They started okay, got worse. It's even worse now. I think Mike Williams can be started this week despite the disappointment over the last few weeks. I'd start him as a wide receiver too because of the good matchup. My guess is that the opportunity will be there for him this week, uh, but he might have to kind of depend on a big play or two if they keep just targeting him deep as they have during his struggles. If it happens again, I got to bump him down to like a wide receiver three or something. The Chargers Titans had such a good matchup last week and they ended up all doing well because they literally have a committee at the tight end position between like three guys. So I pass on this group. I'll pass on Jared Cook, even if they're in a good matchup, you know, just the way they're using them. Not what I like to see. All right, moving on to the Panthers at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are favored by 10 points, 44.5 over under. Uh, Cam Newton signing with the Panthers. 
that's pretty awesome. Dude's coming back home to where he started his career, where he spent so much time. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that ovation that he gets when he's there. Uh, they're in Arizona this week, but they are hosting Washington next weekend. And it's funny because it's against his old coach, Ron Rivera. So that's dope, right? Like crazy how things work out like that. The, the, the crowd gets to cheer for Ron Rivera on one side. They get to cheer for Cam Newton coming home. Nice little homecoming for these guys. Um, but anyway, P.J. Walker will get the start at quarterback for the Panthers this weekend. Um, so we'll we'll still have to deal with a little bit of a hell week if you're a Panthers fan. Um, but D.J. Moore is still likely to be in my lineup, assuming I don't have you know awesome options. But he's still a wide receiver to, to start for me. Uh, P.J. Walker did target him um, on two of his three completions this year. <laughs> two of his three completions went to Moore out of like... 13 attempts, yeah, I know, uh, but he'll most likely still be in my lineup, and I'll just hope for the best, you know, um, as far as the matchup itself, it's not something you necessarily need to stay away from, um, you know, when you consider game script here with Arizona potentially being up all game, that's that's more important in this instance than the matchup itself. Christian McCaffrey's going to be in my lineup as a RB1, a high-end RB1. I'm expecting his workload to increase from last week, and to be honest, if it just stayed at where, you know, what it was last week, I'd be happy. Uh, but he literally got like half of the workload. Um, you know, just praying that he can stay healthy. Win, win us some fantasy championships this year. That's why we drafted him so early. Um, he's matchup independent, obviously. So Kyler Murray returned to practice on Friday. Um, you know, just keep up to date with my Instagram stories. Um, you know, I'll be sure to update you as the weekend goes on because Cliff Kingsbury has uh, labeled him as a game time decision. So I, I'm, my guess is that he does play this week. Um, it doesn't look like DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. He didn't practice at all this week. He still has a hamstring injury. Cliff Kingsbury did say that, you know, they're going to take it a little bit slow with him because of the fact that it's a soft tissue injury and they want him out there when he can do everything. And I don't think he can do everything if he didn't practice at all this week. Meaning like he wasn't able to practice, right? So that means he can't do everything by definition. So I think he's going to be out. Um, I think in his place, you know, AJ Green is coming back this week because of, you know, he was on COVID. He was on the COVID list last week. He was activated. He's back. So, you know, Christian Kirk is going to be sharing, you know, wide receiver targets with him, with A.J. Green. So, Christian Kirk is still like a wide receiver three for me in this matchup, especially if Kyler Murray is back. Uh, but Colt McCoy did favor, you know, uh, Christian Kirk. A.J. Green wasn't in that game, so you never know how, how the targets are going to be distributed. Uh, but I think Christian Kirk is a fine play. Um, you know, if you, if you saw my wide receiver weighted opportunity post from today, you'll see that on Instagram. You'll see that Kirk had the 10th best weighted opportunity among all wide receivers last week. And the fact that, you know, he can get it done with either quarterback is a good thing, right? So he's not necessarily QB dependent. Obviously, his, his upside goes up when, uh, you know, Collar's in there. But um, I think he'd be a wide receiver three if Hopkins misses. You know, otherwise, he's an upside flex play. But I do think Hopkins misses. Um, AJ Green is back, as I mentioned. Rondell Moore, I, he's just like, he's a little hard to trust. He, you know, he hasn't had a, re- a fantasy relevant day since like week five. Um, and he hasn't shown the upside that we all know that he has since week two. So, a little tough. James Conner, though, I'm trusting him as an RB1 moving forward. Um, at least until Chase Edmonds gets back. But Chase Edmonds has a high ankle sprain. He'll be out several weeks. And it looks like Conner is going to be that dude for you to get you into the fantasy playoffs. He's matchup independent to me. At this point, he played an every down roll last week. So, And he's on a great offense. So, I'm in. He'll be in my lineups somehow. Eno Benjamin might play a role. 
uh, as his backup, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to 50-50, you know, or Benjamin, you know, being that Chase Edmonds light, you know, I really don't see it that way. To me, you know, Connor is the guy, but Benjamin would have some appeal as a high upside handcuff right now in case Connor were to get hurt, you know, during these high workload games. As And the Cardinals defense, too, obviously is a great play this week. All right, moving on to the Seahawks at the Packers. The Packers are favored by five points, 49.5 over under. Russell Wilson will be back for this game. He set up a trailer and everything on his Instagram for his return. <laughs> um, he's a QB one start for me. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are, are very happy that he's back, I'm sure. Lockett is in my lineup. I think he's a bit of a buy low. Honestly, he's pretty up and down, and I get it, uh, but his booms win you weeks. And by the way, he Tyler Lockett was on my buy list before he did his thing with Geno Smith right before the buy. So I hope you I hope you saw that, and I hope you bought low. Okay, um, but I'm fine keeping him in my lineup every week as a wide receiver too, you know. Uh, Metcalf is a high-end wide receiver too with Wilson back as well. Um, you know, starting Packers cornerback Eric Stokes was banged up last week, but he did return to practice. He should play. Um, the matchup overall is a relatively tough one. The Packers have done a solid job against wide receivers, even in the absence of Jair Alexander. Um, want to give them credit there. I do want to avoid the Seahawks backfield though. Alex, Alex Collins probably gets a start this week. I doubt Chris Carson's back. Um, you know, but he's a game time decision apparently after practicing some this week. Apparently he doesn't have neck discomfort anymore, but you know, this injury just makes me nervous right now, honestly. Um, either way, I expect a three-way committee at the very least. The Packers also have a solid run defense, so I'm good. Staying away, personally. Um, Collins, if you want to start him, sure. Flex play, touchdown dependent. Uh, at various points in the season and then in the offseason, like I've been say, you know, saying to keep an eye on Gerald Everett. It's like week 10 now. <laughs> and now, it, I mean, maybe it might be finally coming together for him. Russell Wilson is back. Gerald Everett ran around on almost 80% of routes, bef- uh, you know, dropbacks before the bye. He was he was on the up there. Like, he, he, those routes were increasing, you know, over the last couple of weeks. So, if you're in need of a tight end and don't have a reliable one, Everett can be your guy, potentially. Um, as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any symptoms in his three-day ramp-up period going into Saturday, he can be taken off the COVID list in time for Sunday's games, you know, without even a, taking a COVID test. Um, if he's in, Devonta Adams obviously gets the boost that he needs. I'd play Adams regardless. You know, he was targeted a ton last week. Obviously, the quality of the targets wasn't great, but at least the intentions, you know, from Jordan Love were there. <laughs> it's all about intentions. You know, uh, the Seahawks have done a great job defending perimeter wide receivers, but this is a, this is Devonta Adams we're talking about, right? You know, still temper expectations, especially if Jordan Love starts. But if you need to start Rodgers this week, I would start him as a low-end QB1. Now, the gap between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon's touches and opportunities have gotten smaller over the last couple of games, but Jones is still an RB1 play for me. I think I need a bit of a larger sample size. You know, and also a larger sample size that includes Aaron Rodgers for me and includes Devonta Adams, this, just his whole team, um, to say that, okay, Dylan's really stealing a lot of work here. But Dylan is going to be involved regardless. Like, we'll see what extent, you know, to what extent this 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 situation is really happening once Rodgers is back. They're back to the regular offense. But for now, I'm starting Jones as an RB1. If I really need a flex out of desperation, Asia Dylan can be, my, can be in my lineup. You know, keep in mind that the Seahawks' run defense has gotten better. Alvin Kamara went 20 for 51. Najee Harris went 24 for 81. Uh, You know, but the hope is that Jones is involved in the pass game enough to keep his floor and his ceiling high, even if A.J. Dillon comes in and takes some rushing attempts away. And and listen, don't get me wrong. A.J. Dillon has been looking good. 
right? So, like, and he has the upside to be an RB1 if Jones were, were to ever miss time. If Aaron Rodgers is back, I'd explore Alan Lazard in, in a deeper league. He ran around to, on close to every drop back last week, and if that sticks, I'd love to see what he can do with Aaron Rodgers in that role. We haven't seen him in that role. Something to keep an eye on. Okay, Eagles at the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos are favored by 2.5 points, 44.5 over under. Now, Jordan Howard was the Eagles' primary rusher last week. The Eagles turned into a run-heavy team over the past two weeks. Uh, but I'm not convinced that they're trying to change their identity, to be honest. The Lions, you run the ball against them. The Chargers, you run the ball against them. You know, because of their amazing pass defense, right? You know, against the Broncos, though, things might not go as planned, right? And I can see this game get being opened up a bit, you know, for the Eagles' pass catchers. The Broncos shut the Cowboys down last week, right? That doesn't mean that they're going to go undefeated the rest of the year. It's it's any given week, right? Um, but Howard is a touchdown-dependent flex option this week. You never know. This running back depth chart can be flipped at any point. Uh, that being said, the Broncos have given up the fourth most rushing yards over the last four weeks to running backs and almost five yards per carry. So keep that in mind. Can it work out for Howard? It can. Jalen Hurts is still a QB one start for me. The run-heavy approach over the last couple of weeks, like it hasn't been good for Hurts um, because these games, you know, weren't on his shoulders, right? He didn't have to drop back much. He didn't have to make plays. But I do expect that to change moving forward. So I, I don't think that the, the, their identity now is just like to run the ball with their running backs and Jordan Howard. Uh, Devontae Smith had a pretty tough matchup last week, and this week, you know, it's not as tough a matchup, but still not great. Um, he still came through last week in a big way. He, you know, he's an upside wide receiver three. He had a 38% target share last week, 21% the week before, and 30% the week before that. He also had a control of like 50% of target share. I'm sorry, 50% of air yards over the last two weeks. You know, just can't go into any matchup with high expectations because, you know, this passing game is up and down, but I keep it in my lineup, you know, if it's a close decision. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a solid tight end one play. He's getting a ridiculous target share over the last two weeks. He just needs the attempts to come up, and, and he can be a high-end tight end one. Uh, he should be in lineups every every single week. Um, the matchup on paper isn't good, but I don't think it's about the matchup that matters for him. It's more about the pass attempts. If those attempts come up, he's going to perform. It's tough to trust any of these Broncos wide receivers right now. Uh, but I think the most reliable might be Jerry Judy. Judy saw more than 30% of targets last week, just one week removed after returning from IR. Cortland Sutton hasn't been over 20% in several weeks now. He's a low-end wide receiver three to me. Uh, Judy would be a solid wide receiver three for me. He gets a boost uh, in PPR. Tim Patrick had a big game last week, but he's still like a desperate flex, if that. This is just an overall tough matchup, but you know Judy had a tough matchup last week, and he was still targeted a ton. So I'm cool going Judy this week. Uh, just like it's tough to trust Broncos wide receivers, it's also tough to trust Noah Fant. Uh, before he got COVID, his route participation took a hit when Albert O came back. And now he's back. Albert O's back. All the receivers are, are good to go. So I think Fant is like a borderline tight end one play because of how crowded it is in Denver. So he took a little bit of a hit. Melvin Gordon, he's a, I think he's a low-end RB2 at this point. He's being favored on the goal line. He's getting just enough work in the rush, rushing game and the passing game, you know, to keep him in play. Javante Williams, you know, getting some work as well, but behind Gordon. Um, he's an upside flex play if you need it. This was a great matchup earlier in the year, but the Eagles have done a much better job lately against running backs. This defense is getting better. Uh, the Chiefs at the Raiders. The Chiefs are favored by 2.5 points, 52 over under. 
Patrick Mahomes is in a slump, no doubt, but I'm still continuing to start him as a QB1, low in QB1. But, you know, I get playing guys like Carson Wentz, these borderline QB1s over him if you want safety, but I'm playing Mahomes, right? And I'm betting that he gets it together pretty soon. Daryl Williams, he should be the guy once again this week, probably his last week as the guy. Andy Reid said that it'll be a stretch for Clyde edwards to come back this Sunday. So most likely Daryl will, will be the guy without Edwards, you know, making it back to the roster. Um, it does suck that Jared McKinnon has bigger, you know, has a bigger role now on third and longs and stuff. But Daryl, I think, is a still you know, solid RB2 with upside. And as far as the matchup goes, matchup goes, it's a neutral matchup. I'm starting Tyreek Hill as a high-end wide receiver one. Um, you know, again, these guys are going to get it together soon. Travis Kelsey, same thing. He's in my lineup this week, um, every week, really. On the Raiders side, Derek Carr is a borderline QB1, definitely streamable in this matchup. Um, Darren Waller's targets came back to what we were used to last week. I've been beating the drum on him being a buy low, and he came through with a solid game. So I'm continuing to start him in a great matchup for tight, end, tight ends, and I think those touchdowns will come as well. Hunter Renfro, he's a solid PPR wide receiver three, probably a flex play in standard or half-point leagues. The Chiefs are a middle-of-the-road pass defense when it comes to defending the slot, so there's no reason to avoid it. I don't think I'd be starting Deshaun Jackson just yet. Let's see it first. All right, the Monday night game, Rams at the 49ers. The 49ers, uh, no, the Rams are favored by four points, 49.5 over under. So OBJ joining the Rams, that's big news right there. That's the Rams trying to make sure that they make their way to the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? I mean, OBJ is not like the missing piece, but like they're trying to put all the pieces together, right? You know, making sure they have depth at wide receiver, making sure they have an option at every spot on the field at all times. You know, Van Jefferson is going bye-bye for this season. You know, we'll see you next season, Vanny. In terms of how this offense is affected, I go over that in a post I made on Instagram. Uh, you can go check that out at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram, or you can go to UpperHandFantasy.com, and you'll find the post on the right side um, in the Instagram section. Uh, for this week, though, even if OBJ suits up, I don't think he'll get a ton of snaps or anything. Um, Cooper Cup is in your lineup this week. Robert Woods, I'd play him as a wide receiver, too. He's coming on as of late. The 49ers haven't given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers, but that's also because they haven't gone up against a lot of pass plays this season compared to other teams. So they probably, you know, wouldn't be that great if teams ran more pass plays against them. I feel like this matchup looks worse on paper than it actually is. Uh, you can play Van Jefferson this week, I think. You know, maybe the last week you can play him if you're looking for a home run flex with a low floor. Dal Henderson's in my lineup as an RB1. It's been interesting over the last two weeks. Sony Michelle has actually got some more looks on the field. Specifically in passing situations, two-minute drills, that sort of thing. Uh, we'll see if that continues. But for now, Henderson is a, still a very solid play every single week. Uh, you know, we'll see how it works out if Michelle starts eating into his his workload a little bit more. But James Conner, you know, went nuts against the 49ers last week. So you don't want to miss out on this matchup. Obviously, Matt Stafford, you know, just, I'm starting him despite his one-off bad game last week. Um, Elijah Mitchell. He was looking good. You know, keep him in your lineup as a solid RB2. Jeff Wilson came back. Didn't matter. Uh, some positives were that he was involved in a negative game script last week, catching some passes. That's awesome. Hopefully that continues for his value. Uh, we'll see if Jeff Wilson starts to creep into that passing down role over Jermichael Hasty. Um, I did get some intel that it's possible that that might happen this week, but who knows. Debo Samuel obviously needs to be in lineups as a wide receiver one play. Brandon Ayuk is looking good now. Two straight weeks running a full set of routes. 21% target share last week after a 26% target share day uh, the two weeks ago. Uh, looking like he's back in his role. He's ready to be productive with it too. So I'll start him as a wide receiver three. 
taking a little bit of a risk, but I'm willing to do it because he has the talent. Um, now, where Jalen Ramsey lines up and whether he chooses the shadow on some plays is a mystery every single week. So my guess is that both of these guys avoid Ramsey for the most part, and he sticks to that star role, you know, which is close to being a nickel corner, close to the, closest to the slot receiver. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how he chooses the, to defend it. They kind of do something different every week. But if that happens, it's a good matchup, especially on the on the side that Debo runs most of his routes from on that right perimeter. But you know, you know how they use Debo, right? It's not just all downfield. It's a lot near the line of scrimmage. So you know, Debo has upside regardless. George Kittle was looking good last week. Um, he was supposed to be limited, but he ran a ton of routes, got 22% of targets. So I keep, I'd start keeping him in my lineup going forward. Looks like he's back, and that's it. Those are all the games. Um, stay tuned with my Instagram story again, um, you know, because I'm going to be going over on Instagram, like just going over all the the injury updates and all that. Friday, Saturday, going into Sunday morning, um, and then I'll be live on Sunday morning, um, you know, at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And then again at noon Eastern time for, you know, the the 11 o'clock show is 30 minutes and the 12 o'clock show is going on for about an hour or so. So make sure you check that out. Um, I just got a notification. Alva Kamara is out on Sunday. So make sure you start Mark Ingram. He's a great start this week. I'm going to be putting out my underdog fantasy picks tomorrow. Uh, make sure you go check out our underdog fantasy. Uh, they're kind enough to be a partner of mine. Um, if you use the code upper hand, when you sign up with underdog, um, you, they're actually matching 100% of your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks. So if you deposit $50, they're going to give you an extra $50 to play with. If you put in a hundred bucks, they're going to give you another hundred bucks to play, with, which is awesome. Before the, the, their promo used to be that they would only give 10 bucks, no matter what your initial deposit was. So take advantage of this limited time offer. Um, I, I love their over under feature, um, where you go in and you put in, uh, you, you go in through the whole slate, you, you pick the players that you like, you choose. You look at their stat line, all, and all you have to do is choose over under. You stack a few of those together, and then you m- can multiply your money depending on how many you choose. It's a really cool format. The app is awesome. You should really go check it out. I, I, I highly recommend it. And, you know, you can make some money <laughs> and make Sundays more interesting, make Monday nights, Thursday nights more interesting. Uh, definitely go check it out. I had a rough night, uh, Thursday night on Underdog. Sheesh. It was bad. But... I don't always have bad nights, <laughs> but go check it out. Take it easy. I'll see you guys soon. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. See ya.